Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. I don't know what it was like when you grew up or where you grew up, but I grew up in my older brother and my neighbor. It may have been true, maybe, maybe not, but they told me about this one house that was just up the road from us. And they told me that it was haunted. Now, I don't know if it actually was or not. They were like, oh no, it is. And like the people that used to live there were like these Satan worshipers and did weird things. Like it's, it was haunted. Now, I, I, I don't know if that's true. Maybe you can ask Clint afterwards, but I, I, don't, I don't know if that was actually true. But I do know that they had a dog. And when I would ride my bike in front of this house, the dog would always come out and scare the living daylights out of me. So I was just like, okay, this is just, it, it just was not fun at, thank you so much, Tom. It just was not fun. And then finally we moved. And I was so excited to get away from this house. But we moved from Allendale, we moved to Byron Center. And when we moved there, we moved pretty close to a cemetery. And the cemetery supposedly had a glowing tombstone. And so, like, people would go up there to do drugs and stuff. And this is just what I'm told. Like, I don't know. Okay. The worst thing I ever did in that cemetery was go sledding because it was on a hill. And you could jump the gravestones. I can't believe I'm telling you that. But, yes, I did. I was really little. But it, it was just this, this, this thing. And I don't know. Maybe there was a house down the street from you or something. But... I think sometimes, if we're not careful, like this morning, this is what we're talking about. We're t- this morning, we're talking about baptism. And last week, like Becca said, we had water baptisms, and it was really, really fun. It was, it was great. But today, we're talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I think the minute I say Holy Spirit, some of you are like, Others just kind of like your head just dropped, maybe your hand just reached for your phone, like, okay. But here's what I think happens or can happen with the Holy Spirit, is it can be a lot like that haunted house or that cemetery where we've heard a lot of stories and people have told us some stuff, but we don't really know if it's true or not. And we have some ideas, but they're not really our own. They just kind of come from somewhere else. And we're continuing our series, You in Five Years, and really, we're looking through, and we're going through Hebrews 6, 1 through 3, and looking at what the Bible has to say, because this is what it says at the beginning of Hebrews 6, 1, it says, therefore, let us not, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundations of repentance from acts that lead to death, of faith in God. Instructions about baptisms, there's an S there, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And then verse 3, and this is so important, and God permitting will do so. And really, what that last verse says about the the previous verses is, if we don't get this straight, it's going to hinder our spiritual growth. And here's what I know, that for you to have the best year you've ever had, the best year in your marriage, the best year at your job, the best year with your family as you're looking to your future and making plans and deciding where to go and what to move and and families to have and what to do, it is dependent on your spiritual life. Because we can see, we can look around, we see people who are successful 
as, as what we would say defined by the world. And we look at these people, and you know what they're doing? They're turning to drugs. And you're like, how did that person, why is that person go, doing drugs? And they're overdosing and, and in and out of rehab. They have what the world calls success, but they don't have fulfillment. And I know that in order for that to happen, for you to truly to be and to be doing all that God has for you and walking in the peace and joy that comes from that, we need to know these things so that we can move on into all that God has for us. So today we're talking about the baptism. We're talking about Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because really, baptisms, there's three types of baptism. And, and here's what they are, three types of baptism. Number one is you're baptized into the body of Christ. That's 1 Corinthians 12, 13. You're baptized into the body of Christ when you become a believer. And the second type of baptism is water baptism. If you were here last week, maybe you were one of them. We watched some people get baptized. Okay, 1 Peter 3, 21 talks about water baptism. And the third type is baptism in the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 3, verse 11, they're talking about Jesus. And the latter part of the verse says this, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, and with fire. So three types of baptism. But when I say Holy Spirit, I think some of us are like, okay, what, 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 what do you mean? What do you mean by the Holy Spirit? Because I've heard some weird things. And kind of like that house that, or that cemetery that was there, like is there a glowing tombstone? Is there not? Like my brother was like, oh no, it, it really does glow and it's just because of the material it was made out of. And I'm like, I don't know if I believe you. But some of us, we've heard some things about the Holy Spirit, like that's just weird and I don't want anything to do with it. Like, no thank you there. Let me, let me just say about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't weird, but there's some people who are. Anybody know somebody who's weird? Okay, wow. Some of you looked at hard at me when you said that, but there is, there's weird people. There most definitely is, but the Holy Spirit, what it's not, is not a force that makes people do weird things. That's not what the Holy Spirit is. So let's look at John chapter 14. And when talking about the Holy Spirit, John chapter 14, verse 16, says this about what the Holy Spirit, about what the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is. And I will pray the Father, this is Jesus talking, in many of your Bibles, this is going to be red ink. He says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Now, helper is the New King James Version there. Your, your Bible might say advocate. Your Bible might say comforter. It might say Holy Spirit. But he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. So here's what we have in that verse. Jesus prays to the Father about the Holy Spirit. That's three. This is the Trinity right here. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. This is the three of them. And what does he say? He says, and he will give you a helper that he may abide with you. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It's, there's no it. Holy Spirit, he. Third part of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit is God, just as much as Jesus is God and God is God. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, God. It's the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is your helper. It's not an it. Again, it's not some weird thing wanting to make you do weird stuff. Maybe you've been around some people who blame some weirdness 
on the Holy Spirit. I have seen people be very weird and blame it on the Holy Spirit. But that's not the way the Holy Spirit works. Not at all. And maybe you're here this morning, you're thinking, okay, Holy Spirit, that's totally new to me. Or maybe you're like, okay, I've kind of stared away from the Holy Spirit because that's just what weird people do. Or maybe you think, I've done just fine without him. Why would I mess with something like that? Here's what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is God. And maybe you've heard somebody say something like, well, those are kind of the weird Holy Spirit people, or don't go to that church, they talk about the Holy Spirit. Really what they're saying is, don't go to that church, they talk about God. You're like, well, of course they do. That's one of the things you kind of, like if you come to church, you kind of know you can hear something about God. That's one of the things I love about inviting people to church, is when I invite them to church, they know I'm not trying to sign them up for Amway, I don't have the latest pyramid going on. They, you really, you know what you're getting into, right? If somebody invites you to church, you invite someone to church, pretty much 99.99% of people, they know this is going to be about God. I know what that is. And it's, just, it's an easy way to tell somebody, hey, come and hear about God. It's a super, super easy way to do it. Well, the Holy Spirit is God. So if it's something that maybe you've really shied away from, or thought, well, I think I'm doing okay without. I'm doing okay without the Holy Spirit. If you would actually say those words, you'd literally be saying, I'm doing okay without God. So think about, when you think about the Holy Spirit, He is the third part of the Godhead, and it is not the right word to use. The Holy Spirit is God. And if you think you're doing well without Him, think how well you would do with Him with God. Because here's what that verse said. When Jesus was talking, well, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. But the latter part of that that we just read, verse 16, 17, it says this, for He dwells with you and will be in you. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, is going from the Holy Spirit being with you to the Holy Spirit being in you. If you think you're doing well without Him, think how good you would do with Him. John 16, verse 12, talking about the Holy Spirit, says this, I still have many things to say to you, Jesus is saying, but you can't bear with them now. However, when He, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you in all truth. Anybody want to be guided in all truth? I do. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Anybody want to know things to come? I do. It was quite a while ago, and I've said this, I've told this story before, but it's just so good. I was at home, I was working in my shop, and I just got this, 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 I need to pray. So I kind of stopped what I was doing, and, and I, I prayed. And so, like, I pray for my family, and I'm just kind of like, and I'm just lifting up everybody and anything that I know. And I'm like, okay, I prayed. And I go back to work. So I'm working in, the, working in the shop, building something, and I'm working in there. And then all of a sudden, you know, a few minutes later, I'm like, I need to pray again. And, and at this point, I'm like, I, don't, I do not know what to pray for. I'm like, like I don't know. 
So I just, I'm like, okay, I'm going to cover everything that I know. And I'm like, okay, what are missionaries that we're supporting, missionaries that we know? And so I, I pray for those missionaries, and I pray for the church. And I'm like, I'm praying for couples in the church. And I'm like, okay. And then I go back to working again. But I still get this, I need to pray. So I'm like, okay. So I'm like, well, I know what to do. I'm, I'm going I'm to pray in tongues. And I'm going to get into a little bit of that in here a little bit. So I just spend some time, and I, I pray in the Spirit. So I pray in the Spirit, and a uh, few minutes, pray a little bit more because I feel like I, I need to keep praying. And, and then finally, I'm like, okay, maybe five, five, six minutes. It wasn't a long time. I'm like, okay, I think, I think we're good. And I go back, and I'm like, yeah, I, I think whatever's, whatever's going on is taking care of this, this burden to pray. It's, 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 it's good. So I get back to work, and I go. And a few minutes later, I get a phone call from Becca. And our, she says, I'm at the urgent care center. Can you come down here? I'm like, what are you doing there? And she said, our oldest daughter mistakenly drank some rust stain remover. And I'm like, that's no good. I'm like, what in the world? And what it was is this little bottle, this little brown bottle that happened to look like Hershey's syrup. And at the time, she was small enough, she couldn't read yet or didn't take the time to read. I'm not exactly sure. And she just drank it. And she was at my mom's house. And my mom came in and she was spitting this stuff back out of her mouth. Going, it tastes bad. Right on the label, it's just this huge, huge caution. Has this um, hydrofluoride stuff in it. Just this nasty, nasty chemical. And it's like causes burns that you won't notice until later. And we're like, oh, no. So we go to the hospital, and the hospital's like, she needs to go. We went to the urgent care. Urgent care says she needs to go to DeVosh Children's Hospital. She needs to be put in an ambulance like she could die. And they're just like, she might die, and she's, this, this is horrible, and they're going off. Well, I get there, and, and Becca's there, and I walk over to Becca, and I go, she's going to be okay. She goes, what do you mean? I said, I felt a few hours ago that I need to pray about something. And I said, and as soon as I walked into this room, I knew this is what I already prayed about, and it's already taken care of. I'm like, it's taken care of, and she's going to be fine. And Becca looks at me, she goes, I know, I have that same peace. And you hear us talk about it all the time. Like in every altar call, you'll hear every time, every Sunday I talk about God's peace. Because here's what it is. It's the peace that passes all understanding. Because in that moment, sitting there in the room, listening to the doctors being like, oh, this is horrible, and here's what happens, and it burns, and it, if you get it on your skin, it penetrates, and it doesn't burn your skin, it, it actually burns the bone. Because it, it goes through the skin, and they're just going off, and you're hearing that, and you're like, the situation I'm in is not peaceful. But we just had this amazing, amazing peace. And we're like, you know what? Okay, let's go down to the hospital. Let's hear what they have to say. So we go down to the hospital. We get down there. Becca's like, I had the same thing. We have peace. And long story short is they want to keep us there and watch her because they're sure that everything's going to be crazy. They said if she just inhaled it, it's going to burn her lungs. It usually takes three or four hours, and it's coming. And, and that's if she just inhaled it. But, but Grandma said she saw her spitting it out of her mouth, and it's, it's going to be, the, and they're just telling us, like, how horrible it's going to be and all this. And we're like, it's taken care of. We're okay. We're going home. And the doctors came in. I said, can we come? And they're like, you can't leave. And I'm like, actually, I can, but talk to me. Why shouldn't we leave? I said, can we come back? They're like, in a few hours, she's going to be screaming. And I'm like, the last thing I want 
is for my little girl to be screaming. I said, I, I believe that she's going to be fine. I said, but if there's a hint that she's in pain, I said, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Now, the Bible says Jesus, he actually prayed over some lepers. And then he told them, go show yourselves to the priest. Go show yourselves to the priest. Now, at the time, the priests would, that would literally be like me saying, now that we prayed for you, go show yourselves to the doctor because the doctor is going to show you that, it's, that you're healed. The doctor is going to show you that it's healed. Because the priest would actually, they would infect and they'd look at it and there's all these, I mean, if you've ever done the Bible in a year, or you've, you've, read, you've read through some of this stuff, you get into Leviticus and you get into some of these chapters where it's like, and if the hair on the growth is white, then, and really, God had really written out, like, here's how you see and identify infections, and, and the priest would look at it and say, okay, the person's clean or unclean, and this is how we deal with it, and how you deal with mold in a house, that's in the Bible. And like, if it comes back, here's what you need to do. So the priests were literally what we would call a doctor today. Jesus would be like saying, well, go to the doctor, he's going to show that you're healed. So we went home that night, and I said, you know, if we need to come back, we'll come back. I believe she's healed, I'm, I'm, hey, but I'm not a opposed to going to a doctor, but we believe that she's healed. So we went back, and we went home, put her to sleep. She went to sleep. The next morning, poison control calls us. I'm like, I thought you are supposed to call poison control, you weirdos. What are you doing calling me? But anyways, so poison control calls us, and they said, we're following up on your daughter. How is she doing? And she had just woken up, and I, 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 mean, I, I remember every bit of this so incredibly clear. She woke up, and I'm on the phone. I said, hold on, I'll check. And I pick her up, and I set her on the kitchen counter. I said, open your mouth. Because poison control said, how's her tongue? What is her tongue looking like? What, what, tell us what you see when you look at her tongue. So I said, Avery, can you open your mouth? And she opens her mouth, stick out your tongue. She sticks out her tongue, and everything is absolutely 100% normal. Everything, I said, everything looks great. I don't see anything weird here. I said, what am I looking for? And they go, oh, nothing. If everything looks good, then she didn't actually swallow any or breathe any of that in, and you're okay. Have a great day. She lied to you. Click. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, there are so many instances of the Holy Spirit leading and guiding and the Holy Spirit is God. And maybe for some reason you thought it was weird or you thought, I don't need that or I've been okay without it. Let me just tell you, life with the Holy Spirit is even better. If it's been good so far, it can be even better. We, you want the Holy Spirit. You want the Holy Spirit. John 16, verse 7, Jesus is talking and he says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away if I do not go away, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. The Holy Spirit was so important that Jesus said, it's better that I go. That's how important the Holy Spirit is. That's how important. The Holy Spirit is not someone that we should live without. The Holy Spirit, we already talked about, it teaches you all things. Here's just a few things that the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. He reveals truth. He gives gifts. He teaches us, empowers us, helps us worship, shows us things to come. Help us, and this is Luke 12, helps us when we do not know what to say, when people are questioning us about our faith and the Holy Spirit. He can help us in that, gives us the words to say when we've been put on the spot. He intercedes for us, seals us, strengthens us, unites us, speaks to us, and leads us. 
These are just some of the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do for us. And maybe you're like, well, if, if the Holy Spirit is that good, don't I just have him? Like, why wouldn't God just give me something that good? I think that's a great question. But here's what God's Word says. You do not have because you do not ask. And there's so much that we don't have because we do not ask. In Acts chapter 8, and Acts really is the Acts of the early church. In Acts chapter 8, verse 14, talking about the apostles, this is what it says. It says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, that literally means, when it says accepted the word of God, they became a Christian. They sent Peter and John to them, and when they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So they had accepted the word of God, they'd become believers, but they hadn't received the Holy Spirit. So the apostles, they went there because they knew they hadn't accepted the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, why did they go and pray with them to receive the Holy Spirit? In case you didn't catch it the first time, verse 16 says, because the Holy Spirit had not yet become upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit. That first verse in John 14 said it, the Holy Spirit now is with you but will soon be in you. And that's what we refer to as the baptism, the immersion in the Holy Spirit. Maybe the Holy Spirit to you, maybe you've been, you may have been a Christian and you, yes, you absolutely can be a Christ follower without the Holy Spirit, but you're missing out on part of it. The third part of the God, you're missing out on Him. And maybe you're like, you know, I've, I've been a Christian, but I just didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. You're not alone. You're not alone. In Acts chapter 19, it says this. The, the disciples are out. And it says, they found some disciples. The apostles are out. They find some disciples. Verse 2. And they asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no. We didn't even hear that there is such a thing as the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's you. You're like, I had no idea. That's okay. It's okay. So Paul asked them, he said, then what baptism did you receive? They said, John's baptism. You know, we, we repented. Verse 5. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, and he told people to believe in the one coming after him. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6. And when Paul placed their hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And there's about 12 men in all. Now, he just said something that scares some people. He just said this. They spoke in tongues. And for some people, that just seems like, whoa, wait a minute. I don't know about that part. I don't know about that part. Well, let me just read Jude chapter 20, verse 20, Jude 20. But you, dear brothers, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Let me just ask you this. Is the Bible for you, yes or no? Yes, the Bible's for us. It's God's Word. The whole thing is for each and every one of us. And this is what it said in Jude 20. It says this, pray in the Spirit. You think God's going to ask you to do something that He's not going to equip you to do? I don't. I don't think God's going to ask you to do anything that He's not going to equip you to do. Acts 2, 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. 
It's something you're not going to do without the Holy Spirit. And then in Mark 16, 17 says this, and these signs will accompany those who believe. If you believe, this is for you. That's what that means. What's coming up in this verse, this is for you. These signs will accompany those that believe. In my name, they'll drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. And it really is the Spirit on the inside of you giving you the words to say. Like I said, I didn't know what to pray. I I was like, I feel like I need to pray for something, but I don't know what it is. I need to pray. And the Spirit gives you what to say. And it's our Spirit talking to God. It's something that we don't understand. It's not something that typically that we know or we even understand what we're saying. But God does. The Bible says it's our spirit talking to God. And God is not going to ask us to do something that he's not going to equip us to do. Maybe you thought the Holy Spirit was some weird thing and you thought, well, I, I, just, I just don't want to do it. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. People can be. Maybe you thought, I'm getting, I'm getting by just fine without the Holy Spirit. Well, it can be so much better than it is. Don't leave something that God, that Jesus said was so important that he was going to leave. The Holy Spirit isn't something weird. It's the third part of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Don't leave it out. Our desire is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. And you will never do that without the Holy Spirit. If you are a believer, the Holy Spirit is for you. The Comforter is for you. The Holy Spirit is not a force that wants to make you do something, but it's the Holy Spirit is God wanting to dwell with you and lead you, guide you, comfort you, teach you, help you when you don't know what to say, wants to be there with you. If Jesus was here, it would be great, but he'd be in one place. But the Holy Spirit can be with every single one of us, every one of us. If you've been putting off or for some reason you haven't, then I'd say today is your day. Today is your day to ask. Right now, say this. God, I am yours and you are mine. God, I want all you have for me. I want your Holy Spirit. Thank you for filling me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.